Thanks for tuning in to Upward Way Podcast. If you're looking to be spiritually blessed, moved, and inspired, there is no doubt you are in the right place. On our show, guests recount their encounter with Christ and how their lives have been transformed through the grace and love of God. And now, please welcome our host. Hello and welcome to Upward Way. I am your host, Marlon Walters. My guest today is a Seventh-day Adventist missionary serving in Haiti, William Small. Welcome to Upward Way. Thank you very much for the welcome. It is an honor to be here and get to speak with you. The honor is mine just the same. And you know, I, I must say, William, that having you as a guest, um, it is special to me in more ways than one. But later on, as we go through the interview, my guests will really have an idea. So why I'm saying that having you as a guest is very special to me in more ways than one. Just to say to the listeners, you know, just before we proceed any further, you are invited to subscribe to our weekly episodes. You can choose whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcast, or you can just jump over to Upward Way Facebook page. You can click like and leave a comment. And if you feel impressed, if you enjoy the work that is being done and you, the Lord impresses you to donate, please feel free to donate to the ministry. So back to you, William. I want you to give us a little background about yourself, maybe where you were born and um, how was your family life. We could start there. So I, I am American. I was born in the state of Nevada in the U.S., but my family moved to South Dakota in the middle of the country away from any city when I was about four years old. So um, I have one brother, so it was the four of us in our family, um, and I grew up in the country in South Dakota where I was homeschooled by my mom um, until I went off to college. Very succinct. Okay, so you said you were first in the city, then you move, would say, to the countryside? Yes, yeah, so my parents were both born in California, but they, for raising children, like the values of being away from big cities. So they had moved to Nevada, where my brother and I were born. And then they had a opportunity to move to South Dakota, which they thought would be good quality of life for having a family. So we moved out there. Um, and I think that was definitely beneficial to us. Uh, as I mentioned, we were homeschooled, it gave us good flexibility that we got to travel and adapt our learning as we felt appropriate, um, had some, you know, good church, some good friends there. So it was a very, very, very pleasant um, upbringing. And we did lots of travel. So I got to see cities and meet other people. But it felt good having a home kind of away from the busyness of the world. Wonderful. Yes, as you talk about, you know, homeschooled, Homeschooling, sometimes people think that <laughs> persons who are homeschooled, you know, they will miss out on a lot of things. But for you, it seemed as if it was really each day was filled or each week was filled with excitement. You talk about meeting so many persons yeah. and traveling a whole lot. So, you know, what would have been, let us say, some of the highlights in terms of positive experiences being, you know, homeschooled, traveling a lot and 
If there were any drawbacks, could you say? Homeschooling is, especially in the U.S., if I go to public school, there is an established curriculum we follow. Um, so if maybe you struggle with one subject and you want to spend more time there, you might not be able to, and you may spend some more time on other subjects that you understand well. So with homeschooling, my mother really got to tailor the learning that when I struggled with something, we would spend more time there. Um, we would explore it to make sure I understand. And other things that, you know, if they weren't as important or if I understood them quickly, we would move on and not spend time there. So I feel like we were able to manage and make use of the time much better. Um, another aspect of homeschooling, which was nice, is every school day, would start off with my mother doing devotions for my brother and I. And sometimes questions and ideas would arise from that. And we had the freedom that we could discuss it for as long as we wanted to, because we did not have a strict school schedule. So I feel like it just gave us a lot of flexibility to really um, tailor the learning for what, what we needed, what we had interest in. And I think it did help prepare us well. Uh, the travel was another big part. Um, many people travel, families will travel when kids aren't in school, but we could travel the whole year. So we traveled when others were in school, which made travel cheaper and really gave us an opportunity to see more of the world. And it really helped for me, like history and stories become much more alive when you get to see the places. I've been to places in Asia, seeing some famous sites there, been to Europe, and um, very significantly, one year we got to travel to Israel to see the Holy Land, and getting to actually see things with your own eyes, walk the places, it just makes all the stories and history much more real. So I feel like that was a very great benefit to me. As far as downsides, at least in my experience, I'd say that I knew very few kids my age growing up. Um, I did not have many friends. Um, so there's some aspects of maybe social interaction, culture, I didn't learn as much. Some of that's good. Some of it's a little detrimental. So if I had to say a downside, that's probably why I'd say is the biggest downside to homeschooling. I want to get a little insights now into, I would say, your pull slash attraction into missionary work. I use both words deliberately because, you know, we consider the life of a missionary as a calling, but at the same time, there are individuals who find it attractive, not necessarily because they feel a sense of calling, but they just think it is something noble to do. So, you know, it's like they want to have this as a part of something they have accomplished to say, yes, I've done something special for the Lord. So that is the angle from which I choose to lay it on the table. Um, my personal reasons for what I'm doing are very many. And I'd say it's the last five or 10 years of my life that have really led to this. So I could spend the next six hours telling you all the background as to why um, I chose to pursue this life now. So maybe the highlights 
so people understand. Uh, it was early in 2023. January of 2023 is when I resigned from my job. I, I sold my house. I got rid of some of my belongings in order to make myself available and free to help wherever and however I could. And that's really all I started with. When I made the decision to leave my job and sell my house, I did not know where I was going to go, what I was going to do. So since then, I have been on multiple mission trips, and I'm currently in Haiti. But what led to that decision said it's it's a long story. There's many reasons, but some of the big facts that boil down to, I grew up with the Bible. I've always heard the promises in the Bible, the wisdom in the Bible, um, and even the world agrees with a lot of the wisdom of the Bible. So like one specific concept is many older people talk about how they wish they had spent more time with family and less time focused on work. And the Bible also tells us we should not work after worldly treasures and store up worldly treasures, but store up heavenly treasures. Um, so that's just one example. And it just really started getting on my mind. But like, I know this wisdom. I know that's true. But yet I am still working in the world. Every decision I was making, where I lived, what I was doing every day was still to be successful in the corporate world in America. And I really thought that I don't want to just know of God's promises and know the wisdom of the Bible. I want to live a life that actually lives those promises and wisdom. So that was a very conscious that I don't know what long term my life will be, but I knew that I I really felt that it was right for me to step away from that, do some time as a missionary to actually change my life to live per the Bible teachings instead of just knowing it. That's one big reason. Also, my whole life, I've met people who have done mission trips. I have family members who have been missionaries. But I never had the opportunity myself to do even a short-term student mission trip. And that was always something I felt like was missing. So there were some other reasons that it was becoming time for me to leave my job. And when that thought enters my mind, I may have to leave this job. The first thought that comes in is time is valuable, so make the time now to go help with mission work. Don't get another job, just go help with mission work. Um, that I've, I've had that thought before, last time I changed jobs, but I still went to another job. This time I was committed. Yes, I want to do that because ultimately God and trying to serve, serve him is much bigger than anything in the world. So I don't know if this all, all makes sense together, but for me it's just really the acknowledgement that God and his will is bigger, and I want to actually live per the Bible teachings, not just know it. I want it to be real in my life. I would say it doesn't have to make sense in terms of how we view things making sense. But as you said, it's about not just wanting to be familiar with what God's words teaches, but also want, wanting to experience. A question I'll ask, which would sound maybe silly to someone, how do 
missionary survive you know how do, does a missionary survive because you said you have been on mission trips uh, is it that it's self-funded is it a mixture you know how are you able as a missionary to just to get there on the mission field especially when it's you know in another country and also for you in a country where i know hate you know multiple languages are spoken but if you're not familiar with let's just say the french or the french creole you know how are you able to connect with the people yeah so multiple aspects there as far as the financial side uh, I definitely feel like I've been blessed that so far that has not been a big concern. I just say I feel like all along the way, uh, God has helped things work out. I left my job. Um, my house sold for a bit more than I expected. Some people have helped me in various ways. Um, and like one of the, when I met you on the trip to Japan, like I had expected that that trip would cost money but due to generous donors um it didn't cost as much either here in haiti i actually um, am able to get some support from adventist institutions and i have some family members that have also donated to help so just, all i can say is just i i feel blessed that so far that has just not been money has not been something i've had to worry about very clearly i have less I'm making much less money now than I was when I had a job, but it was also a simpler life. I don't, I find that I don't need lots of money. The necessities are taken care of here and I, I don't need it. So it hasn't been a big worry for me. And I've just been, I feel like I've been truly blessed in that regard. As far as connecting with people, that, that is harder language. I have never learned a second language. I only know English. And I have always felt like that is a big barrier because if you can't easily speak to somebody, you can't truly connect with them. And that, that does frustrate me. So I can say here is when I, from the first day I came here, I have made a conscious effort. I am trying to learn Haitian Creole to be able to communicate with people. And I'm very fortunate that there are some Haitians here who speak English fairly well. So I'm able to talk to them. They are translators for me and they also assist in my learning of Creole. So I can speak a little Creole now, not enough to have in-depth conversation, but enough to start getting by and have basic conversations with people in Creole. And I just hope to continue learning it so I can form deeper connections with people. Um, but I think it'll always be a challenge. I think it would be very hard for me to become truly fluent in it. And, you know, communication can, can be a barrier. But I think with God's help, it's something we can definitely overcome. That's a key. With God's help, we are able to overcome. At the start of this interview, I, I did say to... Now, listeners, and I'm saying again that, you know, having you as a guest is special to me in more than one way. Because um, you happen to be a relative of the first Adventist missionary <laughs> to Japan. That is William Calhoun Granger. 
the great 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 grandson what, what do you think about you know his experience um going to a foreign land you know to do missionary work and your own journey as not narrowing it to being a missionary but your your journey as a christian you know understanding what his contribution has been to the faith of others you know how does that cause you to feel you know as it relates to your faith and maintaining your faith okay so thinking about that a couple thoughts come to mind when i think of dr granger um the first one is it is an honor to be related to him but i'm also aware that we are each called according to our own purpose and we are each accountable to god for our own actions not Amen. those of our family so i am honored to have a good man in my history but that does not make me anything better i i still am accountable for what i do with my life so to me that's like you know, a, a big thing um, i feel and i think is important when i look at his life and what he did um, I mean, it's just really amazing that, yeah, he felt God calling him to go to Japan, leave his life in the U.S. and go to Japan, so he went. And from what I've heard, it was basically that simple. It, it took some time to get the logistics in order, but he felt that was the right thing to do, so he went. Um, and, and that's just amazing in a sense, you know, we see the world sees that as a very big decision, but as a true Christian seeking to follow God, I think it really is just that simple that, oh, if you know God wants you to do something, you just do it. And you don't think about how big a deal it is or how crazy the world calls it. If you know that's what God wants you to do, nothing else matters. So I think in that one sense, it was very simple. But when I look from the worldly standpoint, I, I know some of the struggles I have had the last year. And I know how long I agonized and really struggled to decide and understand what what should I do? What decision should I make? Where should I go? What should I do? It was really big struggle for me. And then when I look at his life, I see in a sense how small my struggles are. Because in his case, he was in California. Um, president of Adventist school when he first was asked to go to Japan and to get there he had moved his family from the eastern part of the United States which in the 1800s that move was very dangerous if anyone's seen like like heard of like American Westerns Wild West that was that time period that he moved across the country with his family so that, that was a hard decision. Before that move, he was actually um, he was drafted as a soldier in the American Civil War and was a prisoner of war until the end. And then it was after all of that, once he was in California, that he was converted to Adventism. Um, so really, when I look at him, he had a very full life with many challenges many decisions he had to make and he had that heart of that was open wanting to serve god that when he you know was introduced 
he accepted it and he and his family converted and then he became very much an advocate. He got involved in education, was president of the school. And then when he was asked to go to Japan, he didn't pause saying, I've already had a full life. I've already had challenges. I want to stay in comfort. He went. It's hard for me to describe just how amazing that was, how hard that must have been for him, but yet he did it. And it makes me feel kind of a little bit ashamed or pathetic when I complain about some of my hardships all compared to what someone like him must have felt. But I truly believe we just, we each have our own time and calling. And I believe we just each need to follow God and do what we can and learn what we can from others. But each of us need to make the own decisions for us. I love the way you respond to say we each have our own calling, you know, we have our own ministry. And yes. um, while we are impressed or others have impressed us, we can compare ourselves to them. The other thing I pulled from what you have said, you know, it's when we look at the Nike brand, you know, their tagline is just do it. It's yes. critical that we can understand that as Christians, but when God says something, we don't need to to question it. We don't need to doubt, you know, just do it as he says. As you spoke about challenges with regards to, you know, your life, what, what do you say would have been some of your biggest hurdles that you had to overcome in, in your young life as it is thus far? You know, whether you want to speak from the standpoint of being a Christian, of being a missionary, just being an adult, you know, with jobs, what would have been some of your biggest challenges? And also with that, what has been your recipe for success? You know, how have you been able to overcome those challenges? Well, that last part, I laugh a little bit because in order for me to give you a recipe for success, <laughs> how I've overcome challenges would mean I must have overcome I can tell you, I, I have not. I definitely still very much have challenges in my life, and there are things I don't understand, things I struggle with. So I can give some background and advice on where I've gotten, but I by no means have figured everything out. So I, I can't tell people how to fully figure it out. But when I think of challenges, there's you know, many types of challenges. So in this January of this year, when I decided I was going to leave what I was doing to help with mission work, I had to uh, leave my job, and there were many implications involved that. There was a lot of work I had to do. I had to sell my house, which, considering the situation I was in, was a very big deal with a lot of work. Um, there was a lot of stress. I had pets that I couldn't take my pets with me, so I had to find somewhere, someone, somehow to take care of my pets. There were many things that had to work out. And I know some days it did stress me. I did not know how this would work out. And I have this in my journal, but like there was just like this long list of like, you know, prayers I had to God, like, from you, do this. I need these things to somehow take care of themselves. And um, the very last thing took a bit longer, but two weeks ago, the very last thing happened. 
So I can truly say now, every single prayer I have has worked out, and many of them much better, much, much nicer than I had any reason to expect. And something that was kind of is I feel a blessing for me is I did document it a bit. There were like some days where like I wrote down what's stressing me, what seems insurmountable today. And now I can look back to remember that seemed insurmountable. But yeah, I see how it just worked out. I didn't have to worry about it. So this year has taught me many things. If I go back earlier in life, one challenge I think I face some is I have been raised Adventist. I, my family has been Adventist in some cases for six generations. Um, so on one hand, I, you might expect that to mean, oh, I, I understand a lot. Um, I've been taught a lot. I have lots of answers. But I find my whole life I have and I still have questions about many things. I can still tell you parables Jesus spoke that I don't fully understand. Um, some you know, prophecies in the Bible I don't understand. Some writings of Paul I, I don't fully understand. So, so my whole life I have had you know, some of these still questions and challenges and seek to understand. Um, when I went to college, university, I did not go to an Adventist institution. And that means that I was challenged very often on why do you do this? Why do you think this? And again, this was kind of, it was very hard not having a support structure, not having people with similar beliefs to talk to, but also turned out to be a huge blessing for me as it encouraged me to study more and really understand why do I believe what I, why I do. And ultimately my faith became much stronger because of it. And it taught me how to study. I came to know the Bible more. Um, so instead of these being beliefs I was raised with, they became beliefs that are real to me. So I'm much better able to talk to others about it. So that was an example of where it was a big struggle for my life and those years of my life I made some very very bad decisions there some like sins I did during that time that greatly bother me but I also see how it has helped strengthen me to you know really have the beliefs and the values I have today so I don't know if that fully answers the question I, I don't feel like I have one great uh, like oh here's a very specific challenge I have and here's exactly how I overcame it I just know my whole life there have been challenges, there have been ups and downs. I've always had questions, always had things I don't understand, things I don't know how will work out. But I have seen that if I always seek to keep studying, keep trying to learn, keep trusting in God, so far, every single thing in my life has worked out. And I feel very blessed and happy with where I am. So I think that's probably the amazing part of God. Like it's, it's all worked out somehow, even though it's been a bumpy road at times. Yes. As you say, it's difficult to pinpoint one way what God really does. You know, he offers us grace. And for me, that is what makes the world of a difference. 
in a conversation with someone who has never heard about God, what would you tell this person about God from your own personal experience? Or to make it simpler, who is God for William? Multiple ways to answer this. Um, maybe a, a little story. I have been asked before, like, what's my favorite Bible verse? What's my favorite Bible promise? And when I thought about, well, what's my favorite Bible verse? It's kind of asking me, what's my favorite thing about God? Who is God to me? Like, fundamentally, what? Who is God that all these promises come from? How do I know all these promises he can fulfill? And, yeah, to someone who doesn't know God, where do you start? So really what I come to there is I just look back to the very beginning. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created. And to me, that's like the most impactful verse. And that's where you start. Fundamentally, God is the creator. All things came from him because he created all We know he has the power over all, and he can do all these promises. If he wasn't the creator, if someone or something else created, he wouldn't be able to fulfill all the promises he has. But he is. So to me, that's like that's the most powerful. That's where everything comes from. And you see it throughout the Bible. God's referred to as the creator, something unique to him above any other gods people may try to worship. Uh, so if you're talking to someone who's not heard of God, you know they may not believe it at first, but explain how, well, God is the creator. Everything came from him. And therefore, that also means all things can make sense and you can get answers to all things. To me, what's so great is every decision in life, Everything I see in life, I mean, even anything from political debates to what you see going on in the world to deciding what I should eat today, deciding where I should go, if I go anywhere this weekend, um, God and the Bible guides all those decisions. Everything in your life, you can get guidance from God and the Bible. Any question you have, be it how to live your life or... Oh, I enjoy it now. Like we are seeing some spectacular pictures from space from the new telescope launched, and some things they see surprise people. But yet, if you believe in God and God as the Creator, none of it does surprise you. So even in the the science world and things we observe in nature, God makes sense of all of it, can provide you answers to all of it. Um, so it, it's hard to fully describe that, but to me, it's just that fundamental. God is the creator. Everything comes from him, so everything points to him, and you can get answers to everything from him. And my experience is any question I have, any guidance I ever need, I know I can find in God, and there's nothing else in the world that can always help me. So best way I know how to answer that, but it's obviously a very hard question to fully answer. And it's going to be different to every person what really resonates, but to me, that's what resonates the most. Um, The other question I'll ask, it's not one I ask a lot, 
but you know what would you say is the easiest thing about being a Christian and going to the other side of the pendulum what would you say is the most difficult thing and this of course is from your own experience about being a Christian so the easiest um, and the most difficult thing <laughs> if, if there is the easiest I think or like the easiest the best thing kind of goes back to what I was just talking about how anything I'm doing in life I always like know the answer or the solution you know, if I am faced with a problem, I know I can pray about it and have faith things will work out and not have to worry about it. And trying to imagine life without that is very depressing. So I think it's very, in a sense, easy to just, we can pray about everything. We can pray to the creator God about everything um, to help us in life. So in a sense to me, like that's a very you know, easy part. And, you know, maybe for me being raised this way might help, but there are a lot of the, if you want to call it habits or lifestyle aspects of being a Christian that are very easy to me. It's how I've always lived. It comes naturally. I like doing it. So I could call that easy as well. When I think about the hardest in one sense, it's a bit of a blessing, but I think the hardest thing I feel sometimes is sometimes it's very evident how if you are a Christian and follow God, it puts you at odds with the world. And some sometimes that means you don't have as many friends. Um, it may feel like you're totally alone. Society's against you at times. So I'd say for me, what's been the hardest at moments is just kind of a feeling of being by myself. I know I always have God, so there's always God with me. I'm never truly alone. But sometimes it's hard when like all the other people around you seem to be against you, not agree with you. So I think that's something that can be hard for Christians. And, you know, Jesus spoke about it, prophets spoke about it. So, you know, we know that we will be at odds with the world sometimes. It's not something we need to fear. But that doesn't mean it's always a <laughs> comfortable experience. And it can be a little bit hard. The final question I'll toss at you, which is maybe the easiest. <laughs> How do you maintain, you know, that balance in your life? You spoke about God's strength in overcoming challenges and difficulties, etc. And and I wanted to answer, you know, along a similar line. So amidst disappointments you have faced, amid setbacks, you know, and um, even maybe pushbacks, you know, from others, how are you able to maintain that balance where you, you know, take things into perspective, just realize that, to say, you know, all that I'm facing is really nothing, you know, out of the ordinary. And then with that, you are able to, to, to keep going and doing what you are doing. Yes. So, I mean, ultimately, everything goes back to God. Um, but you mentioned perspective. And I think that's one of the most powerful things. It can be hard for our minds sometimes to truly understand the perspective i mean just take something like the pacific ocean 
you are somewhat close to the Pacific Ocean, but do you truly fathom how big an ocean it is? Like we, we have measurements for it. We've seen it. We've seen smaller bodies of water. But can we truly, you know, really comprehend how much water is there, how big that is, what all is in it? It's hard. So when you try and comprehend something like eternity in the kingdom of God, we can't comprehend that. It's really beyond our comprehension. But that's what I use to get strength, that when something bad happens here, um, I mean, like I can speak to, I, a year and a half ago, um, my father died. It was a very sudden, very quick, very unexpected and hard experience for me. But it's also very simple. It's like, well, I know there's eternity in the kingdom of God. Um, so in a sense, it's almost a blessing. That's that's the next thing he'll know. And I have to survive now a short period of time, a very short life here without him. But then we have eternity in the kingdom of God. So with how big eternity is, how big God is, you see how these things that may be hard to you, Truly, they're just, they're so insignificant in comparison to God and eternity with Him. So, even, you know, challenges I have in life, so thinking about how should I live, it's like, oh, do what I think is right per God or do what I think is, would be comfortable in the world. Well, it's just like th- this life is such a small step to get to eternity with God that it doesn't matter if this life is a bit uncomfortable or it's hard to describe, but to me it just really is that perspective that we are going towards eternity with God. And that just matters more than anything here. So when I try and form good habits, when I try and stop good habits, when I deal with close family members dying, um, it's just kind of the remembering, well, you know, why do I worship God? You know, what does believing in God mean? It's, you know, the eternal life we are heading for and how God is bigger than all of this. So, of course, it's always worth remembering that and following him and not let this world consume us. I wish I had better words to explain this because it's just it's so powerful to me, but it's very hard to explain. But it just really is to me remembering that perspective of, what are we working towards? Who is God? And everything is just so small then. It, it kind of doesn't matter what this world throws at us because we know where we're going. And that's just worth so much more. It doesn't matter what the world throws at us. We know where we're going. Let me say thanks for making yourself available to share with us today on Upward Way. Our guest today has been William Small, a Seventh-day Adventist missionary currently serving in Haiti. William, just before we go, as is customary on this show, do you have any parting words to share with our listeners? Yes. Uh, one thought that was just been on my mind is, I mean, we talk a lot about you know being a missionary. We should be missionaries for God. 
And I know when I grew up, I heard many stories about missionaries, you know, these famous missionaries that go to a country that has never heard of Jesus for the first time. Missionaries that have gone to far off places of the world, converted whole villages, things like that. But what I want to also remind people is those are amazing stories. And if God calls you to do something like that, praise God, you should absolutely go. You will never regret it. But something I heard once I think is profound is if you think, what is a missionary? It's really Jesus called us to reach all people. So all people includes people in countries I've never heard. But all people also includes your family members, your neighbors, even people in the church. Just because someone is sitting in an Adventist church on Sabbath may not necessarily mean they have all the answers they seek. They have all the understanding they need. So it's just we, we don't have to go to a far off land, to a totally unreached area to be a missionary. If there's just one person you can help get closer to Jesus, that is being a missionary. And I guarantee everybody knows at least one person who get closer to Jesus. There's some way they can help. So just encourage people to think that. Don't be overwhelmed. Think you have to travel across the ocean to be a missionary. Just if there's just one, just make it your life goal to just help one person get closer to Jesus. And that is being a missionary for God. You've been in tune to Upward Way. Do join us again next week when we'll have another interesting guest sharing his or her story of faith. Subscribe to weekly episodes on the Apple, AWR, Lord Voice, Spotify, Stitcher, or Podcast Guru apps. You're also welcome to visit Upward Way Facebook page. Click like and leave a comment. And of course, if you feel impressed and you want to donate to the ministry, you're also welcome to do that. Until then, I am Marlon Walter saying goodbye. May God bless you. You've been listening to the Upward Way Podcast, the number one audio production show for people who want encouragement and reassurance in a muddled world.